Hello and welcome back to Cam Sports. We're here today for another episode, and today we're going to talk about the NFL draft that's going to come up in the next few weeks. So, uh, Matthew, do you want to first get into it? Sure. I'll just start before by saying I just love draft season. I love leading up to the draft, all the mock drafts that we do. I like the idea of the draft itself, and I'm always excited to uh, share my thoughts and predictions on it, and hopefully I get a few rights. But what makes draft night so special is that it's unpredictable, but right now I'm going to just try and do my best to predict it. All right, that's awesome. So, number one pick. Who do you think it is? <laughs> uh, no surprises here, but I have Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback out of Clemson, going to the Jaguars' number one overall pick. Um, it's really a no-brainer. It's easy. It's obvious. Trevor Lawrence, since he stepped onto a college football field, really since he stepped onto a high school football field, has been the best player on any team he's ever played on. As a freshman in college, he came in, was the best team, won a national championship, and then every year after, he's been just quality. He's constantly improved his game. He has all the physical attributes you could want in a quarterback, height, weight, quickness, speed, arm talent. And then from a throwing perspective, he's accurate. He's The only concerns I might have about Trevor Lawrence are some of his competition when he wasn't playing in the in the um, playoffs. And then sometimes the talent around him was just fantastic so they I often notice him getting bailed out a little bit by his quality receivers but really Trevor Lawrence to me has the lowest chance to bust of any quarterback I've seen and really any player in this draft so number one pick all right number two who are you picking for the Jets um this isn't necessarily what I would go with but it seems to be a lock that Zach Wilson the quarterback at a BYU is going to the Jets I don't hate that I, I like that pick because I think Zach Wilson has an incredibly high ceiling. His um, arm talent is as good as anyone's in the draft. And what makes Zach Wilson really special and puts him above all the other QBs is that he has this amazing ability to throw off-platform, which is really similar to what makes Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, so special, is that ability to just, whenever a play is breaking down, to launch it from however your body's positioned, which is a skill you can't teach. It's just a, uh, something you're born with. But the biggest question about Zach Wilson is his competition. He um, doesn't have any wins against ranked opponents, but in his time in college, he only played a few of those uh, ranked opponents, but the rest of the time he was uh, lights out and put up fantastic numbers. So it'll really come down to the um, where he's drafted, and if he goes to the Jets, I really have a hard time seeing success for him there, simply because not anything to do with him. It's just the Jets have a lot of dysfunction as an organization. And in terms of receiving talent, it's very little. Offensive line is still weak. It's improving, but it's still weak. And when you have um, little receiving help, a poor offensive line, it's really hard for any quarterback to be successful, especially one like Zach Wilson, who has a high ceiling, but it is sort of has a low floor as well since he has some fundamental um issues. So it's really hard to see him coming in and sort of ch- turning the Jets around. Okay, number three for the 49ers. The 49ers traded up from 12 to 3 to select a quarterback. So I think they're going to go with Trey Lance, the quarterback out of uh, North Dakota State. Um, for me, I would definitely pick uh, Justin Fields. Here. I think he's the second best quarterback 
but all reports are showing that the 49ers are stuck between Trey Lance and Mac Jones, the quarterback from Alabama. And I think if you're going to trade up, give up, they gave up quite a few picks to number three. You have to take the guy who has the highest ceiling, who has the most potential, and that is easily Trey Lance. Trey Lance has as good an arm talent as Zach Wilson. I'd say those two are definitely the best in terms of their cannons of, for their arms. And what makes Trey Lance um, special is he's the most dynamic um, runner of anyone else in this draft class and um if you combine those two things and are able to get the most out of them you easily have the guy who has a ceiling as high as trevor lawrence the obvious problem with um uh trey lance is that he's not very refined at all he has certain accuracy issues he only played he played a limited number of games in college so he doesn't have as much experience as say zach wilson or Trevor Lawrence in that sense. Additionally, he played a much weaker competition than any of the highly rated quarterbacks, so that could have inflated um, his numbers. But I think the 49ers are a perfect place for him to go because they have fantastic coaching. Trey Lance is one of those guys where if you coach him properly, you'll be able to uh, truly maximize his potential. I think Kyle Shanahan will definitely be able to capitalize on that. And especially since the 49ers have a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo who's capable, I understand why they want to replace him because he's, well, quite limited. But I think he's a good person to learn from. And Trey Lance sitting a year and learning will do wonders for him. Just similarly to Patrick Mahomes, who sat a year, who sat his freshman, I mean his rookie year, and was able to uh, grow into the player that he is today. Little fun fact. My dad went to NDSU, so... Hey, Dad. <laughs> All right, number four. Who do you think the Broncos are going to I think that, right, originally the Falcons have the number four pick, but I expect them to trade out of that. I think they need to trade out of it given their cap problems. So I think the Broncos are a great trade partner for them. The Broncos have Drew Locke as their quarterback right now, but last season he was quite poor and he wasn't that good his uh, rookie season either. So I expect them to move off of him. And since Justin Fields, who's a quality quarterback, has fallen past the front three, I expect the Broncos to make some sort of move, likely giving up at least a second-round pick, maybe more, for the price of a quarterback. And they'll select Justin Fields, the quarterback out of Ohio State. Fields is um, incredibly impressive. He's uh, runs a 4-3. He's absolutely blazing. He um, was a two-year starter at Ohio State and played against some quality competition. Had great performances in the college football playoffs. He um, has a great deep ball. He reminds me a lot of Dak Prescott in that they share those um, same physical attributes and um, they both have remarkable leadership skills. That's probably Justin Fields' biggest strength is the way his teammates talk about him and how he shows a lot of fight and character on the field. Justin Fields' biggest issue, and it's quite a big issue that is likely why teams aren't as high on him, is that he's really slow at moving through his progressions. And if you're slow in college, it's incredibly difficult in the NFL since the game is a lot faster in the NFL, so you need to be able to progress through those reads a lot faster. Also in the NFL, defenses uh, mix up coverages all the time to confuse the quarterback. So if a quarterback can't move off his first read quick enough, they'll just really lack success. But I think 
Justin Fields has shown that he's a hard worker, someone who's probably going to put in the time to adjust to that. And given his speed and agility, I'm sure he'll be able to be a huge playmaker for any team that he's able to go to. All right, number five with the Bengals, who are you going to pick? The Bengals, this is probably the easiest pick of um, all the picks, except for number one, obviously. And the Bengals, I think, are going to take Penai Sewell, the tackle from Oregon. Sewell is a quality top three prospect in this draft. He plays a super important position and offensive tackle, and the Bengals have a huge need all along their own line. The Bengals also just found their quarterback of the future in Joe Burrow, who suffered a devastating knee injury because of poor offensive line play. So right here, they get the best player available. They get a, they fill their biggest need, and they help protect their quarterback. So for me, this is a no-brainer, and they really should not overthink this one at all. all right. Number six for the Dolphins. I'd say this is where the draft really starts. Once the quarterbacks are gone and Penn Isol is pretty much a lock, the Dolphins have a lot of free range for what they could do here. I don't see them going wide receiver because I think, though their wide receivers aren't great, it's still definitely one of the stronger points of their team. So I see them going Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. I think he's the best player left on the board. He, he was just electric in college. He is probably the most athletic tight end prospects maybe of all time he has all the traits that would make him one of the greatest uh tight ends to ever play and I think the Dolphins they had Mike Gusecki break out last year but I think they could still add another tight end and run two tight end sets which will be really effective especially for their young quarterback Tua who showed some promise but also showed quite a lot of struggles throughout the year and tight ends are normally a great tool for young quarterbacks to uh, utilized because they're normally um, earlier in the read progression and shorter down the field. So I think Kyle Pitts is the perfect weapon for Tua, and I think he has the highest potential of anyone left on the board. So I think it's another uh, great fit for both need and uh, talent. Mm-hmm. So uh, number seven for the Detroit Lions. Detroit needs a lot. Their needs are all along the defense, uh, running back, wide receiver. There's a lot of places I could go with this, but I'm going to go with um, Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out of uh, LSU. The, the Lions just lost their star receiver in Kenny Galladay, who was fantastic for them. And they just acquired Jared Goff from the Rams. So I think the best thing they can do is um, replace Galladay and help Goff by adding Jamar Chase. Chase has a... Similar play style to Galladay. They're those big physical receivers who don't get as much separation, but are great at those jump balls, big plays, and are huge red zone threats. And I loved Jamar Chase. Um, in not He opted out last season, but the season before that, he was easily the best wide receiver in college football. Him and Joe Burrow were just tearing up defenses. He torched practically every quality cornerback uh, prospect from last year. He just simply was fantastic. And I look to the success of um, Justin Jefferson, his teammate from last year. In the NFL, Justin Jefferson was fantastic. And Chase was the number one receiver at LSU. So I expect um, Chase to be just as, if not more productive, than Justin Jefferson. Okay, number eight with the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers um, certainly have a defensive need and in a really weak offensive um I mean in a really weak defensive draft where all offensive players have been taken so far 
they get their pick of the defensive players. So I'm going to say they take who I think is the best defensive player in the draft, which is Micah Parson, the linebacker out of Penn State. Parson's just simply a playmaker. He's from sideline to sideline. He's a high motor, willing to hit you really hard. He definitely has really great instincts. The only thing I'd question about Micah Parson and why maybe he might not go higher is some of his um, character issues. He's been reported to be someone who's not um, the hardest of workers and um, certainly not someone they could uh, rely on as like a a sort of stand-up guy, but Parsons' talent is so obviously clear that he's going to go high. And I think a team like um, the Panthers could go maybe cornerback or um, another defensive position, but I see Micah as the best player, and when when you're drafting... You always in the first round, especially you always just take the best player available. Okay, at number nine, the Denver Broncos. I think this uh number nine pick I see was traded from by the Broncos to the Falcons, so the Falcons are now picking here, and with that pick, they definitely need to go defense because their offense is great. It's fine. They have quality receivers. O-line, running back, but the defense needs a lot of work, so I think they go with um, Patrick Sertan, the second, the cornerback from Alabama. Last year, the Falcons took a cornerback, A.J. Terrell, with their first pick, and I think um, Sertan compliments him nicely, and they'll serve as two sort of cornerstone pieces when they're trying to rebuild that defense. Sertan is easily the most technically sound corner in the draft. The biggest criticism, though, for Patrick Sertan is that he lacks that sort of top-end speed and athleticism, which definitely could be a a big problem in the NFL as you get just some of the best athletes in the world to go against. And likewise, another concern of um, Patrick Sertan is that he um, was surrounded by just quality talent at Alabama, which could have helped, you know, um, his uh, coverage ability making things easier with a quality pass rushing defense. So there's all that question marks, but I think Sertan um, has got the ability. And since his father was also an NFL player, he has that NFL bloodline that'll um, help him stay on track. And uh, I could definitely see him if he's compliment, if he's partnered up with someone like AJ Terrell, I could see them playing off each other very nicely and he'll be um, a quality cornerback for the next uh, few years. Alright, number 10, where do you have the Cowboys? I see the 10 as a pretty good trade spot for any other team still looking for a quarterback. It could be maybe the Chicago Bears or the New England Patriots. And in this case, I have the New England Patriots trading up from number 15 with the Cowboys to number 10 in order to select Mac Jones, the quarterback from Alabama. Mac Jones um, is kind of an interesting prospect to me because he seems to be really high for uh, on some people and then really low for others. Mac Jones um, was a one-year starter at Alabama. He led his team to the national championship last season, so he's obviously no slouch. He could definitely play, but my biggest um, sort of gripe with Mac Jones is he just seems very limited as a player. He has virtually no sort of quality athleticism in him. He reminds me of an old school type 
Big Ben, Philip Rivers quarterback, who um really can't do anything um special with his legs, which sort of seems to be the opposite trend of the league. The league seems to be moving towards where you need to have some sort of mobility or athleticism. Josh Rosen was highly regarded coming out of college, but he also has suffered from that same problem with the lack of athleticism. And then the year later, he was replaced by Kyler Murray, who is just one of the most dynamic playmakers at the quarterback position. However, Mac Jones fits the sort of Jimmy Garoppolo comparison that I have for him of those kind of guys who can manage a team. If you give him, if you surround him with talent like he was at Alabama, he definitely won't hurt the team. He can make the right decisions, make the right plays, and um, can win you championships, which is why I think the Patriots are a pretty good fit for him. We know that Bill Belichick uh, loved Jimmy Garoppolo and did not want to trade him to the 49ers. So here he gets a chance to sort of get a younger, um, cheaper version of him. And and Bill Belichick seems like the kind of guy that believes in his ability to build a team and uh, acquire talent. So all he really needs is someone like Mac Jones to manage the team. And he doesn't need some sort of big playmaker the, to do everything. And right now, the Patriots only have Cam Newton as their starting quarterback, who will likely start this season, but he's not a long-term solution for the position, and Bill Belichick knows better than anyone that you need a quality quarterback to win in this league, and I think the Patriots are definitely going to make it a priority to get one this draft. Okay, number 11, the New York Giants. I'm really hoping this doesn't happen, but the Giants, I think, are going to get... Rashawn Slater, the tackle at a Northwestern. The biggest need for the Giants for really, it seems like the last five to ten years, is their offensive line. No matter what they try and do to address this problem, it seems to backfire on them. With the fourth pick last year, they took Andrew Thomas, which seemed like a reach at the time, and it turns out it was because he wasn't really that well. So I think they try and amend that with by taking Slater, who's the most athletic tackle prospect um from this draft class and him and Sewell are both quality um tackles and when you're when you're trying to draft you're also looking for positions of value and um tackle is right up there with defensive end and uh corner so I think the Giants definitely um need to address their biggest need and also draft a position of high value so it seems like Slater is a really good fit for them Number 12, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are interesting. They traded out of their number six spot, which I think was a mistake because it cost them uh, the upper elite tier of prospects being Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase. So they sort of fall into that next tier of um, who they can get. The Eagles have uh, quite a few needs, particularly on defense in their secondary. Um, and also... Uh, on offense with their wide receiver core, last year they took Jalen Rager with the first, with their first round pick, who and then one pick later Justin Jefferson went. Jeff Justin Jefferson of course had a fantastic rookie season, while Rager had by all accounts an incredibly poor rookie season, and that decision was extremely questionable at the time it was made, and then of course even more questionable now. It led to, and now. The, their coach was Doug Peterson was fired. Carson Wentz uh is gone, and all that remains is their GM Howie Roseman. And I'm sure Howie, if 
feels the pressure from fans and media after passing on an obvious pick, uh, pick as Justin Jefferson that he won't make that mistake again. So he'll take Devontae Smith, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Devontae Smith won the Heisman. He's obviously a fantastic player. He had an even better season than Jamar Chase did in 2019. But the biggest problem with um, Devontae Smith is just his size. He's six foot 166, which in the NFL, he will get... It's not a question of if he will get pushed around quite a bit. Especially All it really would take to sort of knock him off his game is a press, uh, physical press corner who can just um, shove him down because these corners are six feet, six one, at least 200 pounds. So they have a 30 pound, they'll be like so excited to have a 30 pound advantage over the guy they're staring at. But Devonte Smith was successful in college for a couple of reasons. The biggest being his route running. He's a fantastic route runner. He's also incredibly gifted at high pointing the balls, making, he has great hands. He can make plays and Devontae Smith's success will be dependent on the offensive coordinator's ability to get him into space. And if the Eagles feel like they have that ability, then Devontae Smith can be great for them. But if the, if they don't, if they don't have that ability, Devontae Smith will be incredibly poor. He's one of those guys who is incredibly scheme dependent, and it'll take um, just the right blend of um playing him off the ball and giving him room to operate that will um lead to his success okay number 13 the chargers the chargers could go with a few options but i think they recognize that they stuck they struck the jackpot in last year's draft by drafting justin herbert so they'll definitely want to protect him, which is why I think they'll take the third offensive tackle, um, Christian Derisaw, the tackle from Virginia Tech. Derisaw's not on the level of um, Slater and Sewell, so if Slater or Sewell fall to the Chargers, you know they'll jump at the opportunity to draft him, but I still, still think Derisaw is a quality pick. Like I said with the Giants, he's a tackle, which is great positional value, and when you're picking in the top half of the draft, you want to get a guy who's um plays a critical position and um since you have justin herbert who um won rookie of the year demonstrated incredible um ability from the quarterback position even with the poor offensive line play that the chargers have they um definitely need to focus in investing on protecting him they already went this offseason and signed uh, Corey lindsley to a, a good contract and I think that was a great pickup and now they just need to add on to that and prioritize getting um, more defensive help later in the draft but making sure that protecting Joseph Jefferson is their first priority okay number 14 the Minnesota Vikings the Vikings um, could go defensive defense here as well but I think this draft is pretty weak defensively and so strong offensively that they go with Elijah Tucker, Tucker, the offensive guard out of USC. Uh, the Vikings definitely have a major need at the offensive line. If you watch any um, uh, quality Dalvin Cook uh, highlight tape, you see him dancing behind the line of scrimmage quite a bit because the Vikings' uh, interior line is getting um, rushed. And then... Kirk Cousins, when he's given time, can be a quality quarterback, but he often struggles when things aren't 
right for him. So the best way to help out Kirk Cousins and um, your best player, Dalvin Cook, would be to add offensive line help. And Vera Tucker um, plays guard, but he can move all along the line, really. So wherever they need him to play, he'll be able to fill in that role pretty nicely. And I think generally guards are undervalued by the league. And I think quality guard play is super critical to the success of a team. So being able to get a guy like Vera Tucker at um, 14 is pretty great for them. And um, when you have a when you're trying to surround your quarterback who's a bit limited, you need to give him the best chance you can, which would be to give him some some stability on the offensive line. So at number 15, you have the Cowboys trading with the Patriots, so the Cowboys now have the 15th pick. Mm-hmm. And um, with that 15th pick, there's no secret that the Cowboys desperately need defensive help, which is why I think they'll go with J.C. Horn, the cornerback out of South Carolina. I love the way Horn plays. Horn plays with this super aggressive, in-your-face uh, kind of style, which is really great for a couple of reasons. The biggest being that corners have, sometimes have the ability to take wide receivers out of the game by getting in their heads. When you have a, a corner barking in your ear and um, throwing off the timings of your... Uh, routes and your cuts it really um starts to settle in and sort of causes you to struggle which is why it's important for corners to be okay giving up big plays if it means being aggressive later on and jc horn definitely is that the biggest problem with jc horn though is with that aggression comes a lot of grabbiness which uh, will generate so many holding calls in the nfl with the way the nfl is going it's definitely favoring more offensive um, players in terms of officiating. So they're more likely to call those holds and um, pass interferences in the NFL, which is something wherever he goes, he'll definitely need to be coached up to fix that because it really looks like it could be a major problem. J.C. Horn seems like one of those guys who is going to be either an all-pro or a bust simply because of um, that sort of grabbiness. And I think what separates Horn from Sertan is that he's much more athletic. He's much faster and um, much uh, bigger than Sertan, but Sertan's more technically sound, which is why I think Sertan will go higher. But I could see Horn going much earlier than this, considering the value that cornerbacks have in the league and um, Sertan's high potential. I mean, and Horn's high potential, but with Horn's... um, obvious problems there's um obviously some room for concern and like Sertan Horn's father also played in the NFL so they both have that um NFL bloodline which will definitely help them when progressing in the within the league and similarly the Cowboys corner Trayvon Diggs has a had his brother Stefan Diggs so he already had that NFL family as well and that seemed to have worked out um, so far for the Cowboys, so I can see the Cowboys sticking with that of idea of going with NFL bloodlines. And um, back in 2017, the Cowboys passed on TJ Watts, even though he was um, his, he had um, family in the NFL, so obviously that makes a big difference. And generally, these guys seem to perform well when they have those connections and have that someone to look up to or follow 
in order to understand what it takes to be successful in the NFL. Okay, so, so far, uh, last one right now is for the Arizona Cardinals, number 16. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the Cardinals are going to go with Christian Barmore, the DT, the defensive tackle out of Alabama. Barmore um, is a good pass rusher from the inside, but he is very poor uh, run defender. He lacks that sort of um, ability to do the dirty work, which you kind of want from corners, which is why what you want from D tackles, which is why he'll fall a bit in this draft. But uh, the Cardinals desperately need help on the defensive side of the ball, and I think when you have a good edge rushers like JJ Watt and um, Chandler Jones, you need someone inside to help. Um, bring pressure up the middle so the quarterback can step up. So I think Barmore will fill that position incredibly nicely. And um, Barmore's stock, though it um, I have him going 16, it may be a little um, inflated simply from his uh, last couple games as a college football player where he was electric in the college football playoff. However, over the course of a season, he wasn't um, as consistent as you'd like to see from a prospect, and he um, ultimately lacked that sort of um, consistent disruption that you want from a defensive tackle, uh, and with prospects like um, last year's Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw, he doesn't seem to have um, that uh, disruption that those guys had, but I still see him being a successful pro um, with the Arizona Cardinals and really like a lot of players it depends where he goes if he's complimented well with other run uh, run stopping defensive linemen it'll be great if not they'll definitely whatever team along will definitely struggle against the run well that was a great mock draft Matthew I think it's great for you to have that on the show but uh, that's all the time we have for today Uh, we'll see you next time Uh, Bye, we are Cam Sports, and we'll see you all later.